0: This podcast is an unedited excerpt from an MCLE program presented at MCLE's Conference Center in Boston, Massachusetts. Get 24-7 instant access to over 425 real estate and environmental law e-lectures and more with a subscription to the MCLE Online Pass. Learn more at www.mcle.org slash online pass.
1: Um, Preparing for the hearing, Um, look, we've all had an experience or more than one experience where we've had to wing it before a board, but obviously it is preferable to be well-prepared beforehand. I think the most important thing is to have a solid understanding of what it is that you're proposing. This includes, obviously, the details of your project, sections of the relevant bylaw or ordinance or statute that you're asking the board to take action under. I think it also helps to have an understanding of who the board is and how they function. This is gonna help you identify the types of questions that the board may ask, how summary or detailed your presentation ought to be, and what the board likes to see in terms of supporting materials. Um, There are lots of different ways that you can do this. Um, One of my favorites is where they're available. I like to watch videos of prior hearings of the board. A lot of municipalities do have um, online uh, resources where you can watch prior hearings. It's a great way of figuring out sort of the dynamic between different board members, and again, what their personalities and preferences might be. Is it a board that just sits there um, stone-faced during an entire presentation? Is it a board that asks a lot of questions? Again, it gives you a comfort level, and it helps you tailor your presentation accordingly. Another way that you can get prepared is to read prior decisions of the board on similar matters. A lot of boards will tell you, and it's often the case, that their prior decisions are not precedent, and they may not be, but it still gives you a sense of how a board is likely to approach a particular issue. Um, another really great resource to tap into is administrative support staff of the board. If you can develop a good report, a good relationship with these folks, they may be willing to share their knowledge about, yeah, that board member, blah, or the board really doesn't like it if you do X, Y, and Z. Um, Another thing to keep in mind is that it's really helpful to understand the politics behind the proposal that you're presenting. The board may be facing some behind the scenes pressure from the town or from communities or from the mayor's office or whatever it is. And I think being sensitive to that um, will inform how you approach your presentation. Michael, did you want
0: to add anything to that? Yeah, no, not really. Just, uh, again, it's just, you know, building that rapport and uh, communicating early and often with not going over the line and being a pest. Um, and, you know, clearly the boards, the terms are generally staggered, so that there will be some institutional knowledge uh, on the board or um, with staff. So it's going to be very hard to ask the board to break with precedent. Um, that just puts them in a, in a tough position. Um, the other thing, and I don't know if you've gotten to this one or not, uh, where you talk about the, um, when we talk about the politics of the proposal, I would say, you know, view everything holistically. Um, you know, uh, find out if maybe you're in an election cycle and you know, got a slightly controversial project that, you know, uh, is not going to get approved three months before an election. Uh, you might want to, you know, put your, put your hand down and wait until after an election. Uh, so there's a, a lot of things at play, and that goes back to what Johanna was saying earlier about local council and local support. That can give you insight into a lot of those issues.
1: Absolutely. Um, so we've done all of our prep work. We're finally at the hearing. Um, you know, every attorney's personal presentation style is going to be a little bit different, but I think there are some basics that are helpful to keep in mind. You know, you want to keep your presentation sharp and focused so that you don't lose the board's attention. You want to make sure that you're prepared to answer pretty much any question that you can reasonably anticipate the board will ask. If that means having your subject matter experts from your team with you, as Michael was mentioning before, then make sure that they're there. If you can't answer a question, then you risk the board continuing the matter until you are able to answer. And you know, obviously, you'd like to just get in and out of there and not have to come back. It's also a question of you know credibility. The board asks you a question that really, if you'd given two minutes of thought to, um, you know, you would have had a good answer to. Um, it just it makes it more of an uphill battle. Um, another thing to keep in mind is that it is, of course, really important to be a zealous advocate for your client, but it is never a good idea to lose your pull with the board. This is especially the case if this is a board that you are going to be back in front of in the future. Um, I think another thing that's really important is to read the board. If you see things going south so that you know that you or you think you're gonna be denied or you're not gonna get the votes that you need to be approved, the smartest thing you can do sometimes is to stop fighting and ask the board to continue or defer the project to another time so that you can retool a little bit and see if there's a way to salvage your application. This is particularly the case when you've got an abutter issue that you are getting the sense is insurmountable for the board. You can ask the board, you know, can we continue this to another date so that we can continue to work with our abutters on XYZ issue. Um, I also hold some of my fellow board members in preparing for this, and I want to give credit to the chairman of the Brookline ZBA for the last bullet point on this slide, which is prevail or fail with grace. Um, I think that is a really important way to look at this, Um, you know, particularly in a project that's very controversial even if you get the approval that you want, there are still going to be community members who are uncomfortable with it. And it's not a good idea to be gloating about it. Also, make sure that you thank the board for their time both before and after, whether you get the result that you want or not. As we've said multiple times now, most of these boards are volunteer boards. It can be an extremely thankless job. And treating the board respectfully um, goes a long way.
0: Yeah. Agreed. I mean, I think that. Um Going back to the uh, notion that board members are volunteers, um, you know, I, I really appreciate when someone is focused and succinct because that gives me an opening to move the meeting along faster. Uh, because everyone likes to go home at some point in the evening, uh, and uh, you know, always be prepared and calm and measured. A lot of things can come your way, uh, and as Johanna said, just be graceful about it. And also. Um, just one thing, and, and uh, talk to uh, staff in Boston uh, about their pet peeves, and you know, one of them is, um, you know, don't just go to a board to appeal a staff decision uh, during the administrative process, getting the um, applications together, because again, board members are volunteers; they rely heavily on their staff. They're going to back up their staff nine or nine point nine times out of ten. Uh, so, you know, don't waste anyone's time. Um, with you know try to work out all those issues beforehand um, and I think I think that's it for me there oh also yeah one, just one other thing I'm sorry about the advocacy um, you know just don't lecture boards about their weighty responsibility every once in a while you will get someone who talks about the obligations the responsibilities of the board uh, going forward, and, you know, so a lot of platitude, the board understands why they're there, they understand their jurisdiction, uh, and if you start lecturing them, you know, clearly you're going to lose their interest.
1: Right. Um, we have just a few minutes left, but I, you know, given the current COVID-19 crisis situation, we did want to very briefly touch on what is new for all of us, both so appearing before boards and sitting on boards. Um, which is remote participation. So typically, um, you know, we go to hearings and we appear live, but now um, during the state of emergency, even for um, cities and towns that did not previously allow remote participation by their boards, it's now during the state of emergency allowed by an executive order of the governor. Um, Boards are doing this in a whole host of different ways in terms of what they're providing as notice, what the platform is, whether it's Zoom, Facebook, Microsoft Teams, other WebEx. There's a whole bunch of different platforms out there, and the hearings on each platform are going to vary a little bit. Um, as it, the other things that vary are participation. Do you have to register before you can participate? Is it only members of the team who can speak? Um, Anyway, it runs the gamut, and so if you are going to be participating in a um, remote hearing, just figure out what the rules are going to be, figure out what the platform is going to be. Um, What I have found in hearings so far that have been done remotely, there's much greater reliance on PowerPoint, um, which is a little bit of an adjustment. If you are used to presenting, for example, with boards or with a model or things that you can hand up or huddle around the board with, that doesn't happen now, obviously. So you have to think about how to translate your presentation into a PowerPoint. Um, typically all materials have to be submitted in advance so that whoever is running the hearing can put them up on a screen and also have them made available to members of the public. Um, and I'm seeing a trend where there being multiple hearings because there's a recognition that um, folks in the public may not be um, comfortable with the technology, they may not be able to access the hearing And so hearings, I'm finding, are staying open a little bit longer in order to provide those opportunities for public comment. Um, The only thing that I would say is sort of an overarching piece of advice here is to be patient with the board. Um, Members and staff are adapting to new technology, new formats. Um, You know, it's a learning process for all of us on both sides of the table, both sides of the screen. Uh, and so, you know, be patient, be flexible, um, try to approach it with a good sense of humor, uh, because things happen.
0: Great, yeah, and I would say that, you know, even though you're, you're um, on the Zoom platform or virtual meeting, um, be, be professional, I mean, I know we're not architects, so we're not gonna curate our background quite the way an architect would, but I did hear a story from someone where she was talking to a lawyer, and in the background was his unmade bed. Uh, So you definitely want to avoid things like that. I would say um, as far as um, be ready, uh, so you'll have certain experts calling in or many experts calling in. Let the administrator of the meeting know who's calling in, how to identify them so that when your project is called, they can all be let in, uh, as opposed to having your traffic engineer you know, with an anonymous number being left on the sideline and you can't get in touch with them. Um, and, you know, as far as being succinct, uh, it goes doubly during Zoom meetings, uh, because they're a little bit harder to follow, uh, and because of the way the pixels move around and everything, they're definitely more tiring. So after a couple hours in, um, you know, everyone is exhausted at that point. So, um, you're going to want to get right to the point, keep the board focused. And one thing I just would note before we go to these questions the Zoom meetings, um, they offer, um, uh, I've seen a, a sort of strange dynamic, uh, maybe pre- predictable dynamic, is that um, uh, opponents can call in and they're more likely to call in uh, to a Zoom meeting because uh, it's not as difficult as getting up and going down the town hall or city hall, right? So, um, But there is the opportunity on the other side for the proponent to mobilize their support. And get them to call in for the 10 or 15 minutes that the hearing is um, being conducted. So um, give a lot of thought to getting supporters um, to call in to these meetings because it's much easier now. Uh, Johanna did you want to go to the questions we have?
1: Yeah you know this is supposed to be 60 minute lawyer and we're now at 61 minutes. So let's very quickly touch on the questions that have come in. I'm sorry that we talked so much.